0: Hello, welcome to Nobelis Oblige, the podcast where we rank Nobel laureates from 1901 until we run out of people. I'm Maggie.
1: And I'm Quinn.
0: And surprise, I have taken over this week. This week, they are announcing the Nobel Prize winners for 2022. Nobel laureates, if I want to be professional about it. And whenever we get to medicine and physiology, which was the first one announced this morning, I will be in the driver's seat. So in approximately 10,000 years, you can expect more of this from me. But for today, we're just going to talk about the 2022 winner. The winner of the 2022 Nobel prize in physiology or medicine uh, is Svante Pääbo. He is a Swedish doctor And he won the Nobel Prize for, quote, his discoveries concerning the genomes of extinct hominins and human evolution. Before we get into it, Quinn, would you like to tell me what you know about Neanderthals?
1: I know that they coexisted with the strain of humans that eventually became us and that there was a lot of uh, interbreeding that happened.
0: Yes, so you are correct. However, for a long, long time, that is not what the majority of scientists believed about Neanderthals or modern humans. So that's actually mostly what he won the Nobel Prize about. So here's the background from the webpage with the press release about Dr. Pabo. Quote, Research provided evidence that the anatomically modern human Homo sapiens first appeared in Africa approximately 300,000 years ago, while our closest known relatives, Neanderthals, developed outside Africa and populated Europe and Western Asia from around 400,000 years until 30,000 years ago, at which point they went extinct. Sad for for the
1: Neanderthals. A moment of silence for the Neanderthals. (laughs) Okay.
0: About 70,000 years ago, groups of Homo sapiens migrated from Africa to the Middle East, and from there they spread to the rest of the world. Homo sapiens and Neanderthals thus coexisted in large parts of Eurasia for tens of thousands of years. So you, you basically had it correct. Homo sapiens, which is, we're homo sapiens, it's just the modern version of humans that is not any of the previous iterations of, like, early man, you know, lived at the same time as Neanderthals. For a long time, scientists did not think that was the case or that they they knew that they lived near each other, but the interbreeding part was new. So back in 2010, uh, as the leader of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology, Dr. Pabo helped sequence the genome for Neanderthals. That it was a whole ordeal. Basically, in order to do that, he had to pioneer a new way to look at DNA in ancient human, like fossils. Uh, DNA breaks down over time, so there's not that much left, and then when it is left, it's usually also contaminated by other genetics like bacteria or the people handling it or whatever. So he had to look at mitochondrial DNA from a 40,000-year-old piece of bone and then like invent the method for doing that, and then after figuring that out, prove that Neanderthals were a distinct species from Homo sapiens, Um, I think they already suspected that was the case when he did this, but he was the one who went, look, I did the genetics. I found out how to look at the genetics enough that they are separate. We can say that they're separate. Wild. Yeah. Then... He proved that Homo sapiens and Neanderthals had interbred, which was a long, long debate among the like anthropology and paleontology community. So according to the Nobel Prize website, uh, he discovered that, quote, gene transfer had occurred from these now extinct hominins to Homo sapiens following the migration out of Africa around 70,000 years ago. My mom has always been interested in anthropology and paleontology. I grew up watching all kinds of PBS documentaries and National Geographic specials, and she was really excited in 2010 when they sequenced the Neanderthal genome because it was a huge debate for years whether humans had Neanderthal DNA. There were a lot of scientists that did not want to admit that humans had Neanderthal DNA anywhere in their sequence. All those stereotypes about Neanderthals, like being dumb and all that kind of like those jokes. You know, you've seen the cartoons of cavemen. Yeah, that's yeah. So that was exaggerated, obviously, as cartoons typically are. But people didn't like the idea that we had Neanderthal DNA. So he, through sequencing the genome, found out that in modern day humans with European or Asian descent, approximately one to four percent of the genome originates from the Neanderthals. So you could have anywhere between 0% and 4% Neanderthal DNA.
1: So I think I heard at some point that certain traits that are like rarer are like pretty good signs that you have some Neanderthal DNA. I've heard that red hair is much more likely to have Neanderthal DNA and stuff like that.
0: I don't know about red hair specifically, but there are certain... Basically, because it's one to four percent of your DNA, it's like trace amounts of this like archaic ancient hominin that has made it through to modern day humans. So that still has an effect. And that is also actually part of why he won the prize this year, um, which we'll get into in a second. I don't know specifically what traits had to do with it. I don't know if it's red hair or something else. I know that for like full Neanderthals, one of the distinct features is that like really pronounced brow bone don't know if you see someone on the street now with like a really really pronounced like like forehead and brow bone if they are like more neanderthal than you i feel like that gets into stereotyping but Yes, so it was it was a big deal when they sequenced Neanderthal DNA fully, the, the Neanderthal genome, and proved that modern humans do in fact have some traces of this Neanderthal DNA. Uh, a Routers article from 2010, shortly after the research came out, calls it, quote, a long-running debate over whether Neanderthals and modern humans did more than simply live side by side in Europe and the Middle East. It was Uh-oh. something people did not want to admit. Yeah, <laughs> they... <laughs> the conviction that they had only been friends nearby neighbors in fact nothing else so this like really turned the field on its head because it it it, it's like for the academics in our audience of 12 people uh if you've ever read an academic paper where people are like yelling at each other in the most academic of terms about how the other person is so wrong how could they possibly think this this is one of those and then one guy broke out the genetics and proved Half of the debate, right. <laughs> and now he's won a Nobel Prize about it. Nice. So that's that's the big chunk of it. But also, just to top it off for funsies, uh, Dr. Pabo discovered a previously unknown hominin called Denisova. That's like the the broad name. A singular one is a Denisovan.
1: Are these the ones that they called like homo habilis or something? Or is that a different one?
0: <laughs> no, that's a different one. That would be, I'm going to try and pronounce it, homo... Floresiensis? Yeah, no. So the, the Denisovans were an entirely different new species, which according to the Australian Museum, which has a webpage about it, I think it, they lived in, in like Australia and like what is now Papua New Guinea, that that region of the world. According to the Australian Museum, quote, genes reveal Denisovans are cousins of Neanderthals and that the two split sometime around 400,000 to 500,000 years ago. So some modern people may have Denisovan DNA, because Denisovans and Neanderthals are related, they existed at the same time, and much like humans or, or Homo sapiens and Neanderthals, there was some intermingling that happened. So in 2018, Pabo published genetic research in, about an early human fossil. Uh, that fossil turned out to be, quote, from a girl now nicknamed Denny, who was at least 13 years old and lived some 90,000 years ago. Her father was Denisovan while her mother was Neanderthal. So 90,000 years ago, there were three kinds of hominins. I don't know if Homo sapiens count as hominins or if that's like a separate thing. But three three species of, of early human all hanging out together and genetically all intermingling. And that's how we ended up the way we are today. And Pavo's genetic research, which he essentially pioneered, he made up how like the way to figure all of this out proved all of this true or proved that it's very very likely because you know scientific theories so the with all of the kind of archaic dna traces that have made it into modern modern humans those can still kind of influence how certain humans or at one point influence how certain like populations of humans survived in certain areas according to the nobel prize site quote One such example is the Denisovan version of the gene EPAS1, which confers an advantage for survival at high altitudes and is common among among present-day Tibetans. Other examples are Neanderthal genes that affect our immune response to different types of infections. So depending on the kind of ancient hominin that your ancestors hung out with, you might be slightly more immune to COVID. Don't take my word for that. But like, I think this is pretty cool.
1: That's very cool.
0: Yeah. Not that I am the Nobel Prize Committee or that I have any sway over them, but I think Dr. Pabo certainly deserves this prize just for the coolness factor alone. I also like that they touched on like the hot medical topic of the day, which is immunology without like fully zeroing in on the immunology since we're, we've are we been doing that for a while as a society, you know?
1: This seems really, 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 really cool. And I am very excited to see his lecture in December
0: right I forget that the Nobel laureates give their own lecture yeah how would you feel if someone like your field doesn't really deal with genetic testing obviously but like can you imagine being the people who spent decades saying no we're not Neanderthals there's no Neanderthal at all oh yeah in our our bodies oh
1: yeah it's got (laughs) to this has to be this has to feel really good for all of the people who are on that side of the debate
0: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) One other really wild thing is that in the 1990s, they still had not finished sequencing, like, the human genome. So the fact that within the span of, like, 30 years, we went from not fully knowing the human genome to, like, all of these different species and also which parts of our DNA that we have now are actually, like, from these other species... Wild. Yeah. So I did something related to the Human Genome Project. I don't know if they'd finished sequencing it yet or if it was just like a, hey, now that this is like a hot scientific topic, send us your DNA and we'll tell you which like haplogroup you're part of. But I did do that when I was in third or fourth grade. And then I did my science fair project on it.
1: I think by that time they had already finished sequencing everything. So it was probably like a, we now have sequenced the entire human genome. We'll tell you about your DNA.
0: And now, now... All of this has made Ancestry.com possible.
1: Thanks to our sponsor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, Unfortunately, they have not given us any money. But you could if you went to our (laughs) Kofi.
1: It's Kofi.com slash Nobelis Oblige.
0: Thank you, Quinn. Do we want to... Can we think of five, six days worth of recommendations? Do we want to do that?
1: (laughs) You're in charge You get to make this decision.
0: I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to do something silly at the end of the short little blurbs. We're going to attempt to do recommendations this week for for these tiny episodes. And if, yes, if you're hearing this, it means that we have successfully thought of a recommendation. If you don't hear us talk about this again the next day, we were brain dead and nothing popped into our heads. I'm going to recommend the well-known Halloween classic song, Spooky Scary Skeletons, in keeping with our theme of ancient fossils.
1: In terms of ancient fossils, I will recommend the Monster Mash.
0: Is the season. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if you're hearing this, you will probably hear us again tomorrow for the, the next prize, I think, is something Quinn is doing. The next
1: prize is the physics prize, which I'm very excited for for reasons that no one could possibly know.
0: Who who could guess? Who mysteries. Mysteries <laughs> about. But yeah, so you'll hear us tomorrow. Quinn will get to ramble about whatever it is that I'm sure he'll be thrilled about. And we will. Talk at you then.
1: Bye. Goodbye.
0: But you could if you went to our Patreon.
1: Not a Patreonist.
0: Kofi. Kofi.com. Uh I was so close to having a really good joke. <laughs> um anyway. It's okay with the magic of a,
1: with the magic of editing we can fix it.